You are listening to The Happy Gynecologist with your host, Amanda Miles, MD. Hey y'all, welcome back to The Happy Gynecologist podcast, episode number 127, Fight Mode. <laughs> I think I have to chuckle as we talk about this. I just keep laughing every time I say fight mode. <laughs> I've had to re-record that a couple times. It just, I guess it sounds like, like beast mode or like a video game mode or something. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so today we are going to kick off our survival mode series by talking about fight mode, as in fight or flight or fawn or freeze, right? Um, And those are the four different types of survival responses we have as humans. And we're going to be breaking down each one of those. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be breaking them down into what they are, why they matter, how they show up for us as OBGYNs, how they contribute to burnout. And we're going to finish up by wrapping it all up about like how to get out of survival mode, how to get out of all these modes. (laughs) So this week though, we are going to start, we're going to start at the beginning. We're going to start with fight, fight mode. (laughs) And so what does it mean to be in fight mode? right? That's the first question. And beyond the adrenaline, like we, we've we learned about that, right? We've learned about our sympathetic nervous system, right? It prepares us to face a potential predator or threat. And, you know, I want you to know, though, is that it doesn't always have to be this giant ordeal where your heart is like racing and you feel panicked, okay? This can show up on us Uh, or for us, or on us, I guess, in us, um, on a much lower level whenever we are in survival mode. And we can actually end up there chronically, which is what occurs with burnout. Whenever you get stuck in survival mode, after kind of facing chronic stressors, um, you end up in burnout, okay? And so this stress response, just like the other survival responses, is an automatic physiologic reaction, Um, And so that's the other thing I want you to know is that it's not something that you're consciously aware of. You're not like having to be thinking, ooh, I'm scared of this. I need to run away. There might be a predator. Like you're not usually like conscious of fight mode, okay, or any of these modes, okay, Um, because it's just this automatic physiologic response that is in reaction to a perceived stressful or frightening or dangerous event. Okay. So notice I said perceived. (laughs) And that's why the words we use matter, friends, because our brains and our bodies are very smart and they are, you know, looking to protect us. So when we live in a world where, you know, in America, at least stress is kind of a badge of honor, right? We are pressuring ourselves into doing more and accomplishing more our brains and our bodies react to even perceived stressful events by activating survival mode, okay? And so then that means fight or flight or fawn or freeze, okay? And so that can be something simple, like our pager going off. It's about the perceived stress, not about the real threat of a pager making a noise um, as it's on our waistband right? Or maybe it doesn't even make a noise. Maybe it just vibrates, okay? That is not an actual threat. And we logically know that, right? But it's a perceived stress. 
And I want you to think about this because whenever you were a student or an intern, you know, we learned a lot of things, right? We learned um, a lot of lessons. And one of the big lessons that we had to learn early on is what patients look like whenever they're sick versus what patients look like when they're well, right? Or on the labor floor, what patients look like if they're in labor and what patients don't, right? Because early on, we don't know what we don't know, right? We have to learn what abnormal looks like. And throughout this learning process, we have to learn to identify the bad shit early, right? Because the earlier we notice that there's a problem or the earlier we notice that this patient is 100% normal, the better. And our brains become very adept at this. And so in this process, though, we essentially train our brains to look for the bad and worry about the problems. And thus, we end up having a lot of perceived stressors, I think, because that's how our brains are trained just as physicians. We are looking for the problems. And we also are taught, like from the culture that we are, we are taught in, in medicine, that our jobs are stressful, that answering a page or getting a page is stressful, that um, having to take care of a lot of patients is stressful. Um, And so we are taught that over and over and over again, and we really do internalize that. And so we end up having a lot of perceived stress. And, you know, it's just important to remember (laughs) that, you know, we... We have all these things that we have been taught um, and there are things that, you know, are truly stressful to us um, on our job, like physically and emotionally um, as well with tough cases and, you know, you know, massive transfusion protocol and, you know, in those like shit show cases, right? That's definitely a stress, but it doesn't have to be that level all the time. It can totally be the perceived stress that we um, kind of have have been taught our entire lives, <laughs> okay? And so I just want you to know that it doesn't have to be this giant thing um, like a big case or a, a big shit showcase that puts us into this place, okay? So when we perceive like what we do as stressful, our brains and our bodies listen and then they respond appropriately by putting us into survival mode, right? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. And today we're, we're talking about fight mode mostly. So fight mode was designed, you know, <laughs> designed or, or, you know, evolved, I guess, maybe, um, to help us fight off an attacking predator, right? It gears us up with a big dump of adrenaline and then cortisol so that we can have all of this energy to fight off a big threat, right? So our blood pressure goes up, our heart rate increases, we breathe faster, um, we take in more oxygen so that we can uh, really feed the parts of our brain that are vigilant. So we're more vigilant, we're on edge, and we're looking for the threat. And how that often shows up for us (laughs) as OBGYNs in modern day not getting chased by a lion or a saber-toothed tiger or something like that, how that shows up for us is being a more irritable, on-edge version of us that's looking for all the bad. <laughs> it's kind of how I I saw it in myself, at least. And maybe that's like being easily frustrated with the people around you, having a short fuse, be, being easily angered. And 
even as like someone who identifies as totally not a fighter, I am not confrontational. I am someone who's always been someone that avoids confrontation, right? And this still showed up for me in several ways whenever I was burnt out. And how I think this showed up for me at work was I would just be really short with people and really easily frustrated, um, especially people I wasn't normally short with or I, I wasn't used to being frustrated with, I guess, um, especially my staff. I would get frustrated. I would blame them for not helping me in the ways that I thought I needed help. Um, I would speak harshly to them. I I'm not proud of it. I'm here to admit that. I'm not proud of how I would speak to them. I would say things I typically don't say to other people, at least not out loud, right? I remember having to apologize once for yelling, um, or at least at least raising my voice um, at the OR staff and saying like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, but louder um, and not nice, not with a chuckle in it. <laughs> I can say it now, like I'm, I'm like blushing a little bit thinking about it because I do feel ashamed of that. Um, I do feel like that was wrong of me. I was in the wrong doing that, but I also wasn't myself. And so um, I could see that now that that wasn't me. Um, that was me in fight mode. <laughs> and I think that from time to time, you know, it's okay if we, if we feel frustrated or we, we raise our voice or we say words but this is like a place I was living from. And I can see that like as I reflect and like just knowing that I, and knowing that I'm not a person that usually says that to anybody, much less like yells it. I, um, I could definitely see how that showed up for me. And I also saw, I also saw fight mode show up in my interactions with patients too. I remember I would get really defensive if a patient asked questions and they probably, like, looking back now, they probably were normal questions. Um, but I would assume that this patient was questioning me and my my recommendation and my judgment and me as a doctor. And I went to school and why do they even, you know, come to see me if they don't trust what I say? And I would get so riled up about it, just like I was, like, looking for a fight or something, <laughs> right? I was I was looking for that. I was looking for that reason to be upset almost. And I remember I would label patients, um, especially patients that called to ask questions to the nurse, um, as problem patients. And I would get so easily frustrated. I would get probably more than frustrated. I would kind of rant and and have a little rage, um, you know, in talking to my nurse. You know, I I was I was not a happy person. I can tell you that. <laughs> I'm just like thinking back, like reflecting on this is sometimes really hard, you guys, because um, it's, it's, it, looking back, it's not me, you know? And that's the thing to know is that it really isn't you. It, you have the, you have like switched to your primal, primitive animal type brain. <laughs> and it is not you. It's not your personality. It's not the amazing person that you are that's yelling, are you fucking kidding me at the entire OR staff? <laughs> that was not me. And it's not, it's not right now, you know? Um, and hopefully the people I was working with understand that. I think they do. Um, I apologized a couple of times. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's at work. And then if, <laughs> if you want to talk about the real way that fight showed up for me too, was probably at home more than anything too. Um, I definitely was not 
showing up as the loving mom or loving spouse uh, that I wanted to be. I had such a short fuse with my kids and they were really young. I mean, they were like three and one-ish. I don't even know. I mean, they were young. They were littles, you know, four and under. Um, they were, they were babies, you know, and I didn't have any patience, um, whenever they were having a hard time or if things were chaotic and I came home and it was like chaos, which was like every day. Okay. Let's just, let's just put it out there. Um, every day I, I would come home and have a short fuse with my kids and I have, I have a lot of guilt and probably some shame here to say I was not a very motherly mom at that point. Um, like I loved my kids, but I was not a loving mom. Um, I was very quick to snap at them, to raise my voice, to get frustrated. Um, and, and that wasn't, I knew that that wasn't who I was. I knew that that wasn't who I wanted to be. Um, and I felt so ashamed every time I did it. And I still have a lot of shame about that thinking back on that. Um, but it does help to know that like that, that was burnout talking. That was burnout yelling at my kids. It wasn't me. Um, but I, of course, you know, I, of course, still, I think, want to, um, I think I want to just feel sad about how I was then because it makes me sad to think about. So, you know, with, with that, you know, just thinking about, you know, I wasn't yelling, are you fucking kidding me at them at least, but I was definitely yelling at them. And like, not over like big stuff. Okay. It was like, like everybody's like talking at once and I would snap and just like yell. And oh my gosh, like the, the, you know, they were, they were babies. They, they didn't understand. And, you know, bless my husband. He, he too took a lot of the brunt. I think that, um, you know, he, he was looking, you know, he was looking out for me and he was keeping our family running and he, still truly does that to this day. Um, but I was looking for all kinds of things to really blame on him. Um, things that weren't getting done, you know, things that he should be doing, you know, like, and really just keeping a mental tally against him in our parenting, you know, how many bedtimes have I done versus how many has he done? Um, keeping a running list of stuff like that, which is like, super not helpful. (laughs) If you realize your brain is starting to keep score, you might be in fight mode. (laughs) Okay. If your brain is keeping track of how many times you've done something versus someone else, if you are keeping a tally, okay, keeping score is fight mode, y'all. Okay. And so (laughs) I was keeping score a lot. And I don't even know if my husband realized like a lot of it was internal Um, a lot of it was like, just like thinking he should be doing all these other things or doing things differently and keeping score and like building like lists of things so that I, I would then feel angry and resentful. And usually it would end up with like me exploding at some point of like, I would kind of try and keep it all inside because feelings, I don't like to show my feelings. And so, because feelings are bad, that's what I used to think. Um, <laughs> like who needs feelings? I don't feel. Um, and so then I would just like melt down and he would be like, what the fuck just happened? Like he didn't say that, but he was like, oh my God, like she finally lost her shit. <laughs> what's happening. And so I think that, you know, that was also, you know, a big way 
that fight mode showed up for me. Um, And I think, you know, overall, what I want you to realize and what I've come to realize is that fight mode led first and foremost to a generalized worsening of basically every relationship in my life. (laughs) Um, And it, and it's like, it, it is the opposite of connectedness. Okay. Um, I think I was frustrated and angry and blaming everyone around me. Um, And not only did, you know, I do those things or I was thinking those things, it was through that lens of like, of, of survival essentially of like fight, right? Like this is a problem. This is why it's a problem. Right. And not only did it poison how I viewed other people, it led me to withdraw and it led me to disconnect um, because I was keeping that list and keeping that tally and thinking, well, they're not helping me. Why aren't they helping me? I feel like dirt. Like, why is no one realize how stressed I am? Why aren't they helping me? You know, um, you know, keeping that. And that, that led me to really withdraw and disconnect, which I think is a huge factor of burnout. And it really led me to believe that no one else understood what I was going through. Okay. Like nobody gets it. Nobody has any fucking clue. I used to think that every day, like nobody has any idea what I go through. Right. And so fight mode led to a lot of, you know, decreased relationships, basically like relationships, like with a downward trend. Okay. Um, And I think that that, and that loss of connectedness, that disconnect, that withdrawing, um, for, for no one else's fault and for really not my fault either. You know, this is, this is an unintentional thing that happens to us. Okay. This is a automatic response in our bodies. It really led to also a lot of victim mentality for me. And so I would, I would find myself thinking that everybody was just like living their lives and like, I was just like at the, I guess, like at the hands of my life. Like I was, I was being beat down every day by my life. Right. And so I really, um, I really would blame others, um, in that sense as well for not helping me feel better. Um, and I think mostly that was probably just fight mode talking. Um, and I didn't know that I had the, I didn't know I had the power to help myself, (laughs) Like after, after being coached and like so many years of like being a coach and like looking back, it's just so like, it's like mind blowing you guys to, to reminisce on this for you. Um, because I didn't realize that like, yeah, nobody's coming to save me, but guess what? I can save me because I'm a badass and it's, it's not all that bad. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Ah, okay. So y'all are getting me emotional just like having me do this. Um, Not that y'all are having me do this, but me reminiscing is, is getting me emotional. Okay. So, you know, the other thing is like whenever I was burnt out and I was in fight mode, I think I also really spent a lot of brain energy fighting not only other people in my brain, but fighting myself. (laughs) I would blame myself and beat myself up uh, near constantly. And I I mean, I would ask myself multiple times a day, like, why can't I just get my shit together? Like, why can't you just get your shit together now? Like, why can everybody else get this figured out, but you effing can't, right? 
And I would talk to myself in the worst way. I would question, like, why do I even keep trying this? Like, why do I even, who, why did I even think, who even said I could be a doctor? Like, why did I think I could be a mom? I I had that thought a lot. Um, Both of those thoughts, all those thoughts. I would notice every detail in my own work that wasn't perfect and beat myself up over those tiny details. So I wasn't just looking for what was wrong out in the world around me. I was looking for what was wrong with everything I did, with everything inside me, with, you know, like what I was looking for, what was wrong with me. And I was showing myself that, um, I was pointing out everything that wasn't picture perfect. And I was beating myself up for that. I was looking for how I was failing in all the ways. And I was doing that way more than I ever was considering, like, maybe I was succeeding in some ways. I never had those thoughts. I never thought like, yeah, but what are the good things that are going on? No, like I was, (laughs) I was looking for all the ways that other people were probably judging me. Hint, they weren't. (laughs) It was just me judging me. (laughs) I was looking for all the ways that others might find out I wasn't good. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't doing a good job or I wasn't a good mom or I wasn't a good doctor. Again, no one else was like trying to find out those things or even noticing those things or pointing those things out. It was just me. I was pointing those things out. I was the one creating that. Like I was so worried that someone was going to find out and like let the whole town know. But no, like I was the one that was like pointing out all that shit. So when we get stuck in fight mode, not only does it erode our relationships with other people, lead us to disconnect and withdraw, but it also erodes our relationship with ourself. And guess what? That feels, that feels like dirt. <laughs> that feels really stressful as well. So think about that. That's not a perceived stress. That feels really stressful when you are berating yourself for all the things that you are doing wrong and pointing out every single thing that you are failing at to yourself, guess what? That generates some stress. Throw in some call and a stressful case in the OR and guess what? (laughs) The cycle of being stuck in survival mode continues, (laughs) right? And we end up with burnout, right? So that's why I want to talk to you guys about survival mode and all the different ways it shows up. And that's why I want to be super vulnerable with you about how this shows up for me and how it has shown up for me because it is directly related to burnout, okay? Because whenever we're in survival mode long enough, our brain essentially rewires to function from that place and we're in burnout, okay? And it can be so different for all of us. So, and and maybe even so different day to day for one person, right? Uh, But that's why this is important because if, if just one of you out there can recognize like, oh yeah, that was, that was me this week then maybe you can gain that awareness and break out of that cycle and get out of that survival mode, right? If you need help doing that, we are going to be talking exactly how to get out of survival mode. I've referenced a lot of things on this podcast that you can do, but we are going to be kind of wrapping it up and tying a neat little bow on top of it on Saturday, April 15th um, with our next Coffee with Coach webinar. So you can register to come to this. It is how to get out of survival mode. And it is a free event. We're going to meet up on Zoom at 9 a.m. Central on April 15th. And we are going to wrap up this entire survival mode series with how to get out of survival mode. 
And not only will we do that, but we will grow our window of tolerance, which we talked about last week, to be even bigger so we stay out of it. And you can register for that. You can go ahead and do that if you want. Um, if you're thinking about it, um, go over to coach-miles.com forward slash coffee and enter your email so you can get the Zoom link. And that will also put you on the list so I can send you the replay. So if you can't make it live, still sign up, okay? Go sign up so I can send you the replay. So, and then don't forget, tune in next week. We are going to talk about how flight mode shows up for us as OBGYNs. Um, because we're going to continue this series and you're not going to want to miss that episode because, you know, I think we can all see how fight shows up for us. It's fairly obvious, like we're looking for a fight, right? But flight is kind of interesting. And I think you're going to be surprised how flight can show up in our everyday lives. Um, so don't miss out on that. And I will see you next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you can always get more free help from me by going to my website, www.coach-miles.com and clicking on free resources. If this work has helped you and you're interested in learning more about getting out of burnout and up-leveling your life as an OBGYN, definitely check out my six-month coaching program, The Happy Gynecologist Group. You can always get more information on my website, coach-miles.com.